Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This morning I was walking in, and this phrase just, just kept coming back up to me, and so I thought, okay, Lord, we'll just go with that. And the phrase that just kept coming back to me was, stay connected. Stay connected. We're living in the last days. We're living in the end times. It's important that we stay connected. You know, the problem with some people is they never got connected to start with. You know, the, the Bible, as soon you go into the epistles and you look, and you know, anybody who gets born again, the first thing, you know, you really, really need to advise them you know, to, to look into if they've read the Gospels and they have an understanding of what Jesus did while he was here, you know, and, and, uh, and all of that. But then you want to move them into the epistles. Tell them to forget the Old Testament for right now. Tell them to don't go looking for who the last, the two witnesses are, you know, over in Revelation. Forget all that stuff. Find out what God has to say about you. The Gospels were all about Jesus and all that he did. But the epistles are written to you and me for us to find out who we are, what we have, and what we can do. And that's where people need to live their daily lives. That's where most of their devotion time ought to be spent is in the epistles. Because I'm telling you what the revelation that Paul got about the church and about what, what God means for us to be in him only comes through study of the epistles. And it starts out so well in the, in the book of Acts, talking to the church. I want you to just take a look with me. I've just got all kinds of things up here. I don't know if I'll use them all. Just, just think about Lois Toucher and all the books she brings when she comes. You know, I'm just trying to imitate Lois. So, so turn with me over to the book of Acts, the very first chapter. You know, we, we find that, you know, Jesus appeared to the disciples and to, and to many others, you know, and, and the church was born as soon as the very first person saw Jesus, believed on him. And he began talking to his church. You know, when he says you... There is a place for us to take it as individuals, but there is a place to take it as a group. He's talking to his body, the church. In Acts chapter 1, hallelujah, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. You know what, that, I was looking at this earlier, and I thought, and being assembled together with them commanded them. You know what, there's a lot of direction you're not going to get when you're not assembled together. He had them all together. And when they were together, they got instruction. But he, he's not, he's not going to go out there and chase people down individually. He wanted them to come together. See, he only had to say this once. A lot of people talk about don't have any, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle this, don't know how to handle that. don't know what their answer is about this. It's because a lot of times they're not where they're supposed to be when the answer is given. Mm-hmm. 
the answers will come. You know, he has a purpose in us being together. You know, in, in this particular passage, you know, in verse 8, he said, he told them to stay, to stay together. He said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. They were assembled together when he gave this. Gave instruction on what to do and why. Now, going over to chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. There's a lot of ones in that, isn't there? They were all, how many? Not mostly. All in one accord in one place. And something happened. Something happened. When we all get together in one place and in one accord, something has got to happen. It's, it's already foreordained that something's going to happen. Now, you may not recognize it from one service to another as easily, but I'm telling you what, where the Word of God is taught, something happened. Where the, where the manifestations of the Spirit were in demonstration, something happened. Where prayer was offered, something happened. Whenever we come together, something happens. Something always happens. You can sit there and you can miss out on it if you want. You know, I've been in many services where my brain was somewhere else. The physical body was sitting there, but the mind had left the building. You know, and I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, I, I look around and I can, I can see those, those glazed over looks, even on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I can see those lids going to go. I see the little jerks ever so often. I've done it. I've done it. I have. I, I know that. Somebody said one time that there some, I don't know where I read this, that, you know, if you find yourself so sleepy and yawning a lot, take in several deep breaths in your mouth and out your mouth in it to get some more oxygen to your brain so you'll wake up. Other than that, a good poke in the, with the elbow and the ribs works pretty well too. <laughs> but, you know, we ought, ought to always come expecting that something is going to happen. And we ought to be able to leave saying, yes, something did happen. You know, and when we're all in one place and of one accord, that will always happen. Always. But you go down into, into second chapter to verse 42. Now, in the meantime, between, between verses 1 and 42, <clears throat> you'll see in, in verse 41, it said the same day there were about 3,000 souls added to the church. Three thousand. Suddenly, the group got bigger. Seeing that a nice suddenly? Suddenly, the families enlarged. And it goes right into the next verse. So you start with 120. Verse 41, it says the same day about 3,000 souls were added. And then it immediately says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Well, how many continued? All of them. It doesn't say that some of them went home. 
And that some of them, you know, decided to stay put. You know, it says they were added and they continued. See? People need to continue. Continue. Some people start out really good. It's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. You know, they start out really good and they just kind of slow down at some point. You know, God wants you to get to a place in your life where you get in the family of God and then continue the journey. Not get to a certain place and just say, ah, this looks like a good place to park myself. You know, I think I'll just take a little snooze right here on the creek bank. I think I'll just, I'll just you know, take a load off here and, and, you know, just, you know, just, you know, it's okay. No, it's not okay. They continue steadfastly in doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. I haven't found any place where that continued said, okay, you don't have to do that anymore. As far as I can see, that was, that was the lifestyle that they were supposed to continue on in on a daily basis. And I don't think there's any, any place anywhere that I've seen since then in all these thousands of years where that should not be the same story we say today about ourselves. Amen. In verse 46, it says, And they, who are we talking about again? The 120, the 3,000, everybody who's been added. And they, continuing daily, in one accord, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Isn't that marvelous? He's adding today. He's adding today. And you know, it's wonderful to go out and to witness and get people born again. But when you do, you ought to make sure that they know that the next place they need to find is a good local church. Don't just leave them there. You get somebody born again, you, get, you, you lead them to the Lord. Don't just pat them on the back and say, Brother, you've made it to heaven now. You're on your way. You need a, next, the next question you ought to be, do you already have a church that you are familiar with? Do you already have a, a church that you might call home? Do you already have a church that you, you think you could be blessed in? Get there. The next time the doors are open, be there. And be there every single service after that. And if they don't, then find them one. Help them find one and locate one. I know a pretty decent one in, in a little town called High Springs. And you know, the way this church really should grow is because you bring somebody new. You bring somebody who's gotten born again, who needs a good church home, and help them plug in and get planted in a place where they can grow. Now, personally, you know, if, if somebody says, yeah, I, 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 go to, I go to this such and such a denomination or something. Listen, if it's not a Bible-believing denomination, do not encourage them to go there. There's a lot of good people who call themselves Mormons. It's not a Bible-believing church. It's a cult. You know, likewise, there's other places. You know, if, if they're not going to get taught the word, don't encourage them to go there. You tell them to find a good Bible-believing place to go and get, help them get plugged in somewhere. If it's not here, then there's a lot of good churches around. You know, we're not the only fish in the sea. 
and help them get established somewhere because you're not helping them. You know, to get somebody born again and not point them in the direction of a church where they can be taught, where they can be fed, where they can, where they can have a family to help take care of them and to watch over them and a pastor, you know, to, to be in their lives, you know, you, you've really done them a disservice because what's going to happen is, is the enemy's going to come in and just try to sift them and, and just try to tear them apart. And then they'll, they'll, they'll look around and go, ah, if, if this is what this is all about. I don't really know. I don't really know about this. No, get them to a place where they can get spirit-filled and get turned on to the Word of God. Don't just leave them there. But in, in, in Acts 4, verse 24... You see this, and when they heard that, well, verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company. This is, this is Peter and John. You know, they've been taken in into custody and were told absolutely not to preach about Jesus anymore. And verse 23 says, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and they began to pray. Isn't that what a church body does? With one accord, they lift up their voice in time of need and begin to pray. Listen, to get connected, you have to be where the saints are. To get connected, you have to be in one accord with the people that you're around. To get connected, you have to lift up your voice when they lift up their voice. You have to praise when they begin to praise. It ought to be done something all together. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it together. You know, you, you see some of the, the animals in, in nature, you know, and they're, they're in a herd, and they all begin to move as one. You know, you see schools of fish in the ocean, and it looks like one cloud, you know, just this one body, and yet it's made up of hundreds and hundreds of fish, and they move in unison together. That's really what the body, the local body ought to be like, is we're moving together in unity, but we're always making room for somebody new to join that group. And we're always protecting one another. We're always encasing one another. We're always deferring to one another. But we're always together in one accord and in one place. You know, it's important. The local body. I mean, you, you've heard Pastor teach about the local church so many times. You know, and, and you, you can tell that there's an importance placed on each local body. Because Paul wrote to the different churches in the different places. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the, the churches at Ephesus and the church at all, all these different places. They were individual local churches. You know, we, you know, we know that there is a, the church body as a whole that encompasses every believer everywhere. There's that. But the local church is what is so important because that's where you and I find ourselves every day. And in these last days, we have, to, we have to know that this is the place that we can always count on. We can always know that, that God's moving where our local body is gathered together. And uh, it's not right for people to come and to float from body to body. They're no good to anybody because, because they, they can't be used anywhere when they just float from place to place. They're Christians, yeah, but... But the whole point is that we're to be together to do a work. 
There's something that has to be accomplished. There's some work that has to go forth. There's something God has assigned every local church to accomplish. And it takes everybody doing it together in order to get that job done, get that assignment done. We have an assignment to pray in this area. And thank God, you know, it's just so marvelous, you know, to come in on a Monday night. And Dan, how many did we have this last Monday night? High 50s? So between almost 60 people were here on, on, on Monday night praying. You know what? That's, that's a marvelous thing when I look around on a Monday night. To see 60 people who come out on a different night come just to pray. But we have an assignment to pray. There's something that God's doing in us in the area of prayer that affects not just us, but people around the world. Around the world. You know, a, a, the church is, is a place where you're coming and you're gathering together with, with those people that God has placed you in union with. It's a place where we come in and get our filling. We kind of fill up so we can go out, give it out wherever we need to, come back, get refreshed again, be ready to go back out, to come in and be fed the Word of God so that we can grow in our own personal walk and then be able to have that much more to be able to share with somebody else. You know, it's an, it's an ongoing cycle, but we need to get to a place where we stay connected with the church body that God has placed us in. The church, the church body for you is a place of safety. It's a place where, where we come, we learn what the Word's got to say. We learn to adapt to one another, to, to different people. Let's face it, there's a lot of differences amongst this group that's here tonight. And yet the common bond we have is what draws us into this place. This common bond is what, is what melds us and molds us together and helps us to grow in the things of God and helps us to expand our vision and expand our horizons and expand the things that we expect God to do in our lives and in the, and in the lives of people we come in contact with. It's to, it's to keep you always focused on the fact that God himself will lead us and guide us in the things of the Spirit when we're here and when we leave. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's time for us in a day of revival to learn just how important it is because this last great revival has its foundation and its roots and its ongoing ability to change the world in the local church. And just as a... Just as a word of warning, beware of people who are out there who do not appreciate the local church. It, it saddens me. There's a lot of Bible teachers out there who dis, have a dismissive attitude toward the importance of the local church. And it is the most important thing in God's plan. You may have a wonderful teaching gift. You may have a wonderful teaching ministry. You may have a wonderful television show. You may have a lot of good things. But if you're not connected to a local church, I don't care who you are, you're missing the boat. Over the years, you know, we have tried our best to have people in quality teachers, people, uh, prophets, evangelists, other pastors come fill this pulpit from time to time, you know, but we're also mindful that we want to be aware that those people do have a local 
church that they attend on a regular basis when they're home. And if they don't, they're probably not a good candidate to stand in this pulpit. Probably not. You know, I appreciate Brother Christopher Allen so very much. He's on the road all the time. The fact is, you know, he's, he's on his way to Thailand right now. I just saw a thing a few minutes ago where he was changing planes in, in Tokyo, headed to Thailand. But when he's home, he is in his local church, doing whatever he can to serve his local pastor. And his family are a part of that church. They don't take the attitude of, well, hey, you know, my dad, my husband, oh, he's a, world, he's a world-renowned traveling minister. He's a missionary. He goes all over the world. We don't need a local church. They recognize that they need the local church. And people, if they don't, mm, no, you just maybe should not listen to them as much. Beware of people who say, I have a prophetic anointment, an anointment, anointing. Listen, if you have to go around telling everybody you have a prophetic anointing, you probably don't. Amen. Seems to me the Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. I don't, I don't have to go out into the world and introduce myself as pastor so-and-so. I'll go out there and, when, as, and as conversation evolves, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come to light at some point. But I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of junk out there. And I, and I want you to be more and more discerning than ever. What's junk and what's good. Um, I, I see some things, and, and I'm thinking of one particular minister who is so flaky, and yet so many people are drawn to this man because he's, he's got this prophetic thing going, and he's got this music in the background, and we're going to play prophetic music. What is prophetic music? I know what anointed music is. I don't think it's the same as prophetic music. That's just something. That sh- it's, it's just what I call a shtick. Don't get pulled into somebody's shtick. Somebody who wants to make something more of themselves than what they are. If they're not connected to a local church, they don't discern the local church, they don't, they don't uh, lift up and promote the local church, you've got no business listening to anything they've got to say, prophetic or otherwise. And if you want to know who I'm thinking of, come and I'll tell you. You know, but, but this guy is just, he's just weird. I have listened to some, some, I can't stand more than a few minutes of it. But I've listened to a few things and I'm going, you're saying absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yet people are just like, ah. And I'm going, what are you so impressed over? What? Because there's, there's no substance to it as far as I'm concerned. It's just something far out and crazy. And I don't believe God's in it. It doesn't bear witness with me at all. And I know a bunch of people it doesn't bear witness with. So I'm telling you, you beware of it. Paul said to beware that after he was gone, ravening wolves would come in. Listen, the wolves are out there. And some of them are very well disguised. And so you need to just listen to the guy that's on the inside. If it doesn't sit right, if there's something there that just doesn't feel right, you need to just move on down the road. Just, you know, pray for that man, bless your brother, and keep on going. The person you ought to be listening to most as a member of a local body is your local pastor. You say, well, he's not all that good. Well, then you shouldn't be there. 
Well, I can't go talk to him. Well, you shouldn't be there. Now, sometimes I have heard people say, well, I just don't know if I can come talk to you. Well, now, why is that? Well, you know, that's not because, that's not because we don't want you to come talk to us. I don't know what, what your problem is if you think you can. You can come talk to one of us about anything, anything, anytime. Just let me know. Don't expect me to just get a witness from the Holy Ghost and come run you down. I mean, I don't have time for that. Now, there are times when the, when the Lord, lead, the Lord will lead one of us, you know, that, that somebody, something's wrong, you, you, need, you need to go talk to that person, you know, because they obviously are not coming to you. So we'll go do that. But, you know, that's, that's not a regular ongoing thing. You know, um, I think the principle of it is you can find over in James, is there, city, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. So if there's any problem among you, let you do the, the coming and finding out, you know, asking the questions or, or coming to the pastor and saying, well, I need to talk to you about something. You know, the, that's, that's really the, the, the principle behind it. You know, so, so take that into, I, I'm just going to kind of skip around here, I guess, a whole lot tonight. I don't know. I was kind of like, well, where am I going to go with this, Lord? <laughs> but I know this. There's a lot of people who never really connect in a local church. It's kind of like I, I, have this, I have this pull on one of my drawers in my office in my, on my desk, the middle one. And it's got, it's, it's, a, it's in a nice little pull on it. And on the back side of it, it's got this metal bar. And it's got this little bitty nut that's, that's right there on it. But you can hardly get your, get your fingers on it. But it's, it's never been able to be tightened down. See, there's a lot of Christians who come to church and they, they never connect fully. They're not tight. You know what I'm saying? They've never locked down. And this little screw will work, will, this little nut will work its way off just little by little, just opening a drawer back and forth, you know, just things, and, and then just fall off. That's the problem with a lot of Christians is they're so loosely connected to their church that they eventually just fall off the wagon, fall off the face of the earth as far as I can see. They just fall away because they've never been connected. It's a dangerous thing not to be connected you can't afford to sit in a, in, a, in a local church and keep everybody at arm's length because that's not how we were intended to be. Go with me to uh, Ephesians. God intended us for us to be closely knit together. He not loosely just kind of flung together, but closely. Ephesians 2.21 and I'm still getting used to my new Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for a Bible. That's had all its notes transferred. <laughs> it says, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. If you look at that, the context of this whole thing is that we are framed together so that we can grow together. It's, it's a growth that, that comes as, as one. We become one body because we're fitly framed together, and together we grow. Not just individually, but together we grow. Ephesians 2.22. Yeah, and it, it, it says, in whom we are also builded together. Let me see here just a second. That's why I bring this 26 translations out. Ephesians 2, 21, and 
the 20th century, the one that's the part that says on verse 22, it says, in whom you're also built it together. Uh, the new 20th century New Testament says, and through union in him, you also are being built up together. One other ver- another version of this says, and in him, you two are continuously built together. And the Williams translation says, and you yourselves in union with him, in fellowship with one another, are being built up. See, it's not just a lone person. Nobody's a lone wolf out there. It's, God intends for us to be a unit, if I could say it that way, to be built together as a unit. In Ephesians 4.16, it says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Can you see that this is, that this is a compact unit he's talking about? Let me see here, Ephesians 4.16. It's important for us to stay connected to one another. Hallelujah. Um, That's 3.16. Where's 4.16? Listen, this 20th century New New Testament says this. It says, "For For from him the whole body closely Listen to that, closely, closely joined and knit together by the contact of every part with the source of its life, derives its power to grow in proportion to the vigor of each individual part, and so is being built up in a spirit of love. Isn't that good? Closely joined and knit together by the contact of every part. You can't have contact when you keep people at arm's length. I, I know there's, there's lots of reasons why people are like, they go, well, you know, I just, I just really don't like the touchy-feely stuff. No, I don't like that. Well, okay, I understand that. But you don't have to distance yourself from people because you don't like the touchy-feely stuff. You could still be joined together in heart, even though you don't like to hug. But you know what? You need to learn to hug somebody. It'd do you, it'd do you good. I promise. I promise. The people who say they, I don't, I don't like being hugged, are the people who desperately wanted to be hugged at some time in their life and didn't get it. And now, and now they just don't want to be bothered with it because, you know, uh, no, no, no. Get over it. Get over it. Hallelujah. But, yeah, I, I've seen people over the years, you know, who, who come and they're, and they're a part of the, of the church for even years at a time. And yet they keep people at arm's length. They don't do anything that they need to do to develop relationships between each other. And you know what that does? It hurts them and it hurts the whole body. It hurts them because they don't get the benefit of the fellowship that they could be having with the other people in this church. And then we miss out on the blessing they could be 
because every joint, every part has something to bring to the table that's valuable and it's precious and we really can't afford to be without. It's just like anything else. You know, in, in a body, in, a, in your natural body, let's say, I mean, like when I, when I, years ago when, when I broke my, fell and broke my elbow, well, this arm is kind of out of commission right now. I learned to do a lot more things with, with this arm now because this one is not working so well. You know, in, in, a, in a body where people don't do what they're supposed to be doing, they're not making the connection they need to make, somehow the body manages to, to, to make a way to make, up, make it up as best they can. But you know what? No matter what my right arm can do, it still can't do the job of the left arm. It still can't do what this left elbow can do. I mean, there's, I'm limited we're only using one arm. And, and really to, to do what everything I need to do, I need both. And so it's not right that we, that we don't connect with other people and don't bring what we have because what you have is precious. It's precious. Hallelujah. Um, Colossians 2.2. 2. You're close by. Colossians 2.2. 2. Let's start in verse 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and in the Father and of Christ. The whole, that whole phrase, being knit together in love. See, that's where we ought to be living from, is knit together in love, staying connected to one another. There's so many places, you know, where you can go. Romans 12, verses 4 through 5, talks about being members one of another. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27, talks about one body and being members in particular. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 specifically says that by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. And Ephesians 4, 25 says we are members one of another. You may choose to just be that lone wolf out there, but that's not what God intends. He intends for us to be members of one another. You know, the Pauline Revelation says that we, are in, we have been planted together together. We've been glorified together. We've been perfectly joined together. That we're laborers together. That God has tempered the body together. That the whole church become together. 1 Corinthians 14 says when you, when you come together. Another place says helping together by prayer. Another place it says workers together with him. It says we've been qu- he's quickened us together. We've been fitly framed together. We've been builded together. We've been joined together. We're striving together for the faith of the gospel. That we're knit together. We're quickened together with him. Again, we're knit together. It says to comfort yourselves together. Second uh, Thessalonians talks about our gathering together. And, and Hebrews 10.25 talks about the assembling of yourselves together. You see, as far as God's concerned, the whole concept of, of the church is together. Together. Together together. 
And, and it's important that we make connections with each other and keep those connections. And don't let anything pull us apart. Don't let anything persuade us otherwise. We have to move together to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. We have to stay together. You know, in, in a time of revival, you know, people can kind of get to a place where, you know, they, they go out. And part, of, and part of revival happening in a, in a person's own heart is that you have, a, you have a real passion for the lost. And I've seen over the years certain people who, who would go, who would, get, who would get into that place where they just have such a passion for the lost that they would go out and they'd be witnessing all over and forget about their local church altogether. Listen, have a passion for the lost, but don't forget that your foundation comes from your local church. It comes from the body that God has put you in. You know, and, and, and I can't, I don't know that I can honestly say that God has already ordained that you be in one particular body. Uh, there's a lot of good churches. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I know the qualifications you should be looking for in a church. You should be looking for a church that, that preaches Jesus as Savior. You should be in a church that, that preaches the Holy Ghost as a baptizer in the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You should be looking for a church where the word, the unadulterated word of God is being fed to you on a regular basis. You ought to be in a place where the manifestations of the Spirit are in demonstration on a regular basis. You ought to be in a place where you can be a part and where you can give out and you can receive from the ones who are around you. That's the kind of church we ought to be... And yet, you could have two or three of those kind of churches in any one particular area. You know, and sometimes it kind of boils down to, well, let's see. I like the personality of this church better. It's a better fit for me. Oh, okay. You know? Really, what it boils down to is, where's the Lord leading you? Where's the Lord leading you? What has he talked to you? What has he spoken to your heart about what church to be in? But I'm here to tell you, he's talking to you about being in some church. Well, God hadn't told me what church to go to. Well, then you're not listening very well. Or you're not asking. You're going, na 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 You know. I've had people say to me over the years, well, I can serve God without being, being in a church. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because that's not the design he put in the Bible. If you were on a desert island and there was no way to get off and no way for anybody to find you, you'd have to be a church of one. But how many people have ever experienced that? Any, anybody here? Anybody here? No. Well, then God has ordained that you be part of a local church. To be a successful believer, you must be part of a local church. And you must stay a part of that local church. Plug in, get with it, and stay with it, whether you like it or whether you don't. Many's the time I have said to my sweet husband, he'll make me mad about something, and he'll say, oh, you love me. And I say, I might love you, but I sure don't like you very much right now. And, you know, that, that's a concept that people don't always uh, flow with in marriage. And so they, it, they, it becomes a disposable commodity. Listen, you're joining a local church with your heart and soul and everything about you. It's not disposable. It's not just when it feels, okay, well, I like this or I, no, I don't like this, I'm moving on. That's not it. 
You'll never get anywhere in a marriage if you just turn tail and run every time you don't like something. My heavens. We've lasted 45 years in spite of the fact we don't like each other sometimes. But that's not the point. You know, I have a commitment in this marriage. And I'm not, and I'm not going to, and I am not going to be that kind of person who throws commitment away. You know, and that's the way you ought to feel about your local church. It's a commitment I have that I am not willing to give up. Because God's got something for me in my local church. And if that means adjusting some attitudes, then make some adjustments. If that means eating a little crow when you have to go say I'm sorry to somebody you may have offended, then go do it. Make sure you've got some rollades to back it up. You know, sometimes we don't like what we have to do. But you know what? It causes us to grow. It teaches us some valuable lessons. I know Brother Keith Moore said one time about, about something that and he, had a, he had a problem with somebody, and the Lord made him go to this person and apologize to him. And another time, he had, he had an attitude with somebody that they didn't, this person didn't even know he had an attitude toward them. And God said, you need to go apologize to them. And he's going, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't say anything to him. He goes, no, you need to go apologize anyway. And he said, you know, you do that a few times, then you become very careful about your attitude. <laughs> what would we do if God's made us go and make it right with everybody we had attitude with? Whether we had verbalized it to them or not, would we be a little more conscious of our attitude after that? Listen, keeping your attitude adjusted and clear will help keep your connection solid to the ones sitting in the pews around you. And you know what? We really need to be looking out amongst our congregation and seeing people who are missing. They're missing because they've lost their connection. And if God puts it on your heart, a particular person, he's putting them on your heart for number one, for you to pray for them. How many, how many of us want to see somebody? We can, you, all of us can think of somebody right now who is missing an action. How many of us could say, well, we don't want them to be on this revival that God's doing in our midst? Nobody would say that. Well, then it's, it's, necess it's necessary, it's incumbent upon us to do our very best, number one, to pray for them, and number two, to reach out to them, to try to reconnect them. And um, it's not just the pastor's job to do it. It's your job. You are the body. And, and, it's, and it's time for us to, to look around because there's a lot of wonderful people out there that are supposed to be in this church and who even call themselves. When somebody would ask them, they would say, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to Impact. And yet we haven't seen them in months, months, some, some of them even years. And yet, you ask them, they'd say, well, that's my church. Let God put some of those people on your heart. Begin praying for them. Begin lifting them up. And then look around and, you, and, and just see people who maybe don't have as good a connection as they ought to have. Begin to reach out to them and help them to make that solid connection that they need to make with the local church. Spurgeon said this. He said, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. 
It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. He attaches far more importance to godly communion than we do. Sometimes we'll think about somebody and we'll think, well, they, they sure haven't been around for, for like weeks. And we just go, well, I don't, know what's, I don't know what their problem is. And we just go on. Listen, if, if you become aware of somebody, take them on as a project. Take them on as a project. Um, I want to give a couple of minutes here for, for some uh, testimonies because I know we've got a couple. Um, Philippians verse chapter 2 verse 2 says fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded having the same love being of one accord and of one mind somebody made a ridiculous statement to me one time or to pastor and me about that doctrine y'all have of one accord I thought it's not my doctrine I seem to find it all over the New Testament okay you know, but, but this, the phrase, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, the uh, Williams translation of that says, by fostering the same disposition of love, your heart's beating in unison, your mind's set on one purpose. Isn't that good? And the Phillips translation of that says, live together in love as though you only had one mind and one spirit between you. See, he's talking to us as a body. He's talking to us as individuals. And he's talking to us as a body. Stay connected. We're living in the day and age. It's so important for us to stay connected. One last thing I want to read to you. Uh, in Ephesians, the third chapter, starting in verse 15, out of the Amplified, it says, For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. You know, when you read this, you think about natural families. But I'm telling you what, I see this as a reflection of the church family. Just as much. Maybe even more so. That he may grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Don't you think he can indwell the church body like that? May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. Oh, for a church, a church, a local church, to, to, to speak this over them, that we would settle down and abide. He would settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in this local body. It goes on, it says, May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being into the, all the fullness of God, that is, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body Holy, filled, and flooded with God himself. This last part of the 19th verse is really where I just want to end it tonight. As a church body, I want to be able to say this about us. That we have the richest measure of the divine presence. And we have become a body that is holy, filled, and flooded 
with God himself. And the only way we can do that is if we stay connected. Amen. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.